I'm Taylor. And I'm Brittany. Together, we're two sisters who are here to help you learn some tips and tricks to help navigate this crazy journey called life. We bring you the perspective of a licensed LMHE therapist and expecting mother. And a slightly eccentric mom of two. When you combine us as sisters, we like to consider ourselves as quite the dynamic duo. So join us as we talk about all life has to offer. All right, sister, what are we talking about today? So last episode, we talked about anxiety and kind of what it looks like in your brain, how it gets there, um, kind of the five symptoms. Remember, we had talked about overanalyzing, catastrophizing, broken record, what it's, and spiral or rabbit holing, which I'm mm-hmm. guilty of all of those uh, patterns of anxiety. Welcome to the club. And so this time we're going to kind of talk about what this looks like as in specific symptoms and how it can look in your body, both physically and mentally. Right. So today I wanted to break it down where you could actually get real life application from some of the clients I've had, as well as um, from some of our own real life applications, since we both have this diagnosis. The first one that I want to start off with was physical symptoms. We touched on this one a lot in the last episode, but we want to get a little deeper into specifics. Like we said, we give you a full list of them. We're going to try and give you as many as we can today in this episode. So, Brittany, start it off. What do we got for physical symptoms? Oh, geez. Um, okay, are you talking about for my own life or general anxiety? Yeah, you can give me for your own life. Okay, so for my own so this life. Would be like actual, um, not brain ones. My stomach, like all of a sudden it'll feel like it's on fire. Like I could literally be like, oh my gosh, my stomach's on fire. Find me a toilet right now. Mm-hmm. Um that happens to me a lot. Another thing is my breathing. Um, I have asthma as well. So my asthma will get worse. Sometimes my breathing patterns will go too fast. Mm -hmm. I can't catch my breath and I have to kind of really take those deep breaths, calm down, which is hard for me, rely on an inhaler sometimes. Um, other things is we had mentioned this like feet problems or Mm -hmm. eye twitches or, all these like muscle spasms. Mm-hmm. It just kind of depends on what my anxiety manifests around at that moment, as well as how well I'm taking care of myself. Yes. So there's like increased blood pressure. People get really hot when they're anxious. They start sweating. Some oh, people yep. grind their teeth. We look for the T-zone where in your forehead, across your forehead and down your nose, sometimes people will scrunch their forehead a lot there or they'll clench their jaw. We're looking for... um we talked about heart rate, but some people get like a really tight chest as well. Really tight oh, yeah. stomach. They'll have, um, sometimes little kids will have wedding problems. Like they'll wet their pants or they'll wet their bed at night. Insomnia. They can't sleep. Um, man, there's, I mean, there's, oh, it's a wide range. Adeline, remember when she was younger, her anxiety would manifest as she would throw up all the yep. time. Yep. But that was high like, gag reflex. Yep. And she'd gone yep. into the doctor and they said, she just has an overreactive nervous system. Some people will but, binge eat or some people will have a lack of appetite. It can honestly too, if they have a food thing, it can trade off and on. Some people have more sensory sensitivities. Loud sounds will really bother them. Um, pick their skin, pick their fingers, pull out their hair. <laughs> I am a finger picker. Manicures are godsend. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, when you're aware of these things, yeah, you totally can figure out ways to help yourself. Some people roll their tongues or bite their tongues, bite their lips. It's such a wide range that, you know, that's dry mouth, headaches, dizziness. 
Um, we've talked about breath, right? Shortness of breath, inability yep. to relax. Like some people have to shake their legs or do a movement all the time. Like twist their fingers, nausea. If you don't vomit, you can also have the nausea though. Yep. Diarrhea, irritable bowels. Um, your just skin will flush. Like you'll just get, I get like random redness sometimes or you'll have skin rashes. Um, I get like heat or skin rashes on my skin a lot from it. It's kind of one of those, you know, like when COVID-19 had come out and everything was like, you might have a cold, you might have the sniffles, you might get a stomach ache, you might lose your taste. Like, I feel like it's got, like anxiety is kind of like that where it's all encompassing, you oh, know, yeah. like. Well, you know, when you Google something too, and it's always like, well, it may be cancer. Like you're Googling yeah. like, why does my big <laughs> heart? And it's like, it's possible cancer. Might be too. cancer, might be COVID, might be anxiety. <laughs> but it might be cancer. Yeah. But that's where I feel like it always goes back to that when I'm always like freaked out. My husband's like, Taylor, the odds of that are so small. I'm like, but it might be. And he's like, they have to say it might be. Yeah. Honestly, though, this is one where it it might be anxiety. And like, that's the crazy thing is it may be related to anxiety. That's why you have to get them physically checked out. If there's no reason for it, then like I went into the doctor. What was it? Two months ago, Britt. And she was like, oh, you have really high blood pressure. And they were terrified because that oh, might that's like, right. yeah. prone to preeclampsia. And they didn't know if it was like preeclampsia stuff. It was like blood pressure stuff going on. And finally, I had to be like, I have issues at the doctor's and my husband couldn't go with me. So I was all alone, you know, and that's where if you know your history better, it's going to work better for you. Because I went back the next time with my mom and, and she, when my husband couldn't make it. And they're like, oh, you're totally fine. And every single time I've been totally fine yeah but that's where you you need to rule things out too and make sure that you're very curious what's causing it and you sometimes don't know yeah and I mean I have had that so many times like we mentioned in the last episode my stomach remember I've been I've gone to so many gastroenterologist like appointments and all these things and they all they're like oh it's IBS which is kind of like a blanket statement most of the time but I have noticed when my anxiety is handled better that my stomach is so much happier. So, so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just all about really connecting the dots of this seems to be a pattern. Is there a situation or a trigger? We call it trigger, right? An outside situation that is potentially causing this symptom to present. And that's where you kind of have to be an investigator, like a little detective and go back and figure out, okay, it seems like, like I already knew the doctor thing because of what I've already been through. Right. I was, I went to the doctor's a ton when I was little, when I was five to 11 being checked, uh, for cancer, but I just, I had the maturity thing. What's it called? Right. I'd have had it. Uh, premature andronarchy. There you go. Yeah. But back in the nineties, they thought it was a sign of potential cancer. So I was checked from five to 11 and I was totally fine. But going into the doctor that much when you're little and not understanding it led to me really like getting like it was PTSD. I was diagnosed by a therapist with PTSD over that one because it just was traumatizing, like thinking that you're going into this place and you're going to die. And then I afterwards would always have the same symptoms whenever it was scheduled to go to the doctor. I would literally analyze it for days. I knew it was coming. I would dread it, but then I would get stomach aches and high blood pressure and all of these things and every single time I went they'd be like your pleasure your blood pressure's high you know and they would always yeah. watch me and they'd be like okay and then it would always be fine when I was just at home with my mom and she would test me and that's where you have to really be curious on this seems to be more often than not what's going on 
Yeah. I know another one in my own life that's like a lot smaller version of this, but mm-hmm. I know in times when my anxiety is higher or where I'm more stressed out, when I go to bed at night, like all of a sudden I will feel that chest heaviness that we've mentioned before for my anxiety yep. and I'll have a harder time breathing. And it's pretty much a trigger knowing I'm going to bed. This is a time when my brain can really stew on things and I will, you know, go in and catastrophize and overanalyze and spiral and rabbit hole. And my body's like tensing up like, oh yeah. no. We're going yeah. back into Brittany's dark wonderland. Like, yeah. yeah. I have a lot of clients too who will um, seize up and start to like for tests. They just won't be able to take tests very well. They'll like have headaches that day or all these other things. It's some of my parents are like, do they train themselves to have this? And, and I was like, I don't know. But they are presenting regularly to have a headache or a stomach ache every single time this event comes up. And it's it's not even trained. It's almost like your body's doing it for you because you're so freaked out over it. So yeah. if you're starting to notice in a scenario, in a situation, I have X, Y, or Z, the odds are really high that it's connected to your anxiety fight or flight system being activated. Yes. And I know next time we're going to talk more about like what it looks like in kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of that as a parent, as I had noticed is, you know, you had mentioned some of your clients' parents will be like, oh, do they train their body to be this way? And there's a difference between behavior and yes. this is their anxiety. And we've really yes. had to figure out that balance with my 11 year old. Yes. Um, but we'll talk about that more later. So just kind of, like you said, keep track of what's happening every time. Are the symptoms the same every time? Are they different? Like, what is the behavior behind that? And you'll be able to kind of yeah, and out. talk about the behavior associated with these two. Like we're breaking it down into symptoms right now of physical symptoms, what it looks like, and then psychological, cognitive, whatever, yes. mental, whatever you want it, right? And then from there, we're going to say, okay, then this is usually how it will present in a behavior. This right. is what it'll look And we'll really go into differences in zones in the third episode. But for this episode, we'll give generalizations of behavior. Um, Anything else we didn't cover, Britt, for the physical stuff? I feel like overall. I I mean, it's kind of of like. Detective. Yeah. And I feel like it's one of those things like just throw it at a wall. And if it sticks, it might be anxiety sometimes. Like Seriously, though. Yeah. I mean, there's been so many things like with you and with the kids and with mom and like all of us have had different things. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that was anxiety. Mm -hmm. And it's just been different physical things. Yeah. I I mean, if a doctor clears you definitely have that caveat, um, go in, get it checked out. Like my eye, did we mention that in this episode or the last episode that your eyes dilate different sizes? That was last episode, last episode. Yeah. So like when I get stressed, right, my pupils go to different sizes. Um, and I had gone into an optometrist once who's a friend of ours and he was checking out my daughter's, you know, just a regular routine appointment. And he totally panicked and he's like, here's, you know, I think it was a neuro ophthalmologist. You need to go get that checked out. I went and got it checked out. She's like, Oh, here's your diagnosis. It's whatever you're fine it's not cancer. Um, and since then we have definitely noticed this started in high school. Here's my triggers and we can kind of, you know, check it out, but go to a doctor, get cleared. And then if it's not come back and super important. Yeah. That's always, I always require that in my clients. And I always say, what's your sleep studies or what's your, you know, things done. Cause it could be sleep apnea for insomnia. It could be, there's, this is the hard thing for diagnosing is there's a thousand different things. It could be. So coming in, we're like, okay, is this even my realm uh, to deal with? Like, you know, is this even my job or is it a physician's, a cardiologist? Like, is it something else? So the minute that we're like, okay, you've been checked by 
those people, then clearly it's you're probably within my realm. Like you have high blood pressure, but there's no reason for it. You're on medication or X, Y, or Z. That's that's sometimes too. Like I have a lot of people be like, why are your screening questions the way they are? Because we ask for some really funky stuff. It's because we're trying to make sure. Like I ask always for a physician. I always ask for like you know, do you have any of these physical disorders, physical symptoms, things like that? And they're like, why do you need that? Because you have a whole body here and we're making sure that you have been screened appropriately and that we're not misdiagnosing you and saying, oh, your stomach ache is anxiety when it's really like something else, like serious that you need, like a gluten intolerance or exactly. an allergy or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So we talked a lot about the physical things, mental. Let's go over what does it look like for mental symptoms, which- right wide range a lot of people will report um repetitious thoughts lack of ability to control thoughts uh high phobias fears fixations meaning like you're really stuck on that thought process um other people will have like excessive worry irritability impatience kind of that feeling on edge like so do you ever have that feeling where you're like something's gonna happen i don't know what it is but it's oh coming. yeah yes. my daughter would always like that's how she would pinpoint it when she was younger she would yeah and you probably remember this day but yep. she would um she would go and she'd be like something just feels off yes. and that's all she would say and i was like well, everything's fine. You've had your bedtime routine or whatever. And she's like, no, something is off. And that was just how she could verbalize it. Mm. Yep. That's, but that's exactly what you're going to hear these lines of like, oh, I'm just really stressed. I'm really fatigued is one like super tired, emotionally exhausted, burned out. Yeah. Um, vivid dreams sometimes, mind racing, mind going blank, like that fog, like you forget get things, you can't remember anything, dread. Remember what I told you? I didn't want to go to the doctors and I would have that weeks of just, yeah. I go to the, and I literally would dread it for weeks. As long as I knew it was set up, it would just be looming over me like this heavy crushing feeling, right? Um, indecisiveness, wishy-washy, you know, like can't make a decision, uh, flakiness. <laughs> Me at Ikea would be the uh, indecisive. Girl, sometimes I'm like, you need to, like, you got like 10 seconds to go. On. Like, it's, do oh. I buy the chairs? Do I not buy the chairs? I don't know. They'll look and good. Maybe not. <laughs> like, you need to move our bums. <laughs> Target sometimes too. I'm like, girl, we need, like, I'm a little upset. Um, but that's because you're worried that you're going to miss out on something, right? So you make the wrong decision. Like, yes. That fear of failure that goes with anxiety sometimes is, am I making the right choice? Is this chair going to fit right? Is this chair going to fit right? No, I don't know. Should I have bought the chair, you know, uh, world market instead? Is there a better one? Like grass is always greener kind of thought process has come out a lot. Shame. Like, oh, I can't do that. I can never do that. Like why I'm so bad. Like, yeah, I shouldn't spend the money on that chair. I'm not worth it. Like all of these things where it's you're underselling yourself or does that make sense? Like, so feelings of shame are a huge one too. Difficulty concentrating, decreased memory. Um, all of those are a part of anxiety. I've seen people with impulsiveness too, as their anxiety, they just kind of get that effort attitude and they're just like, I'm going to do whatever I need to. That one's always a fun one. That is always fun. I Um, have done that and can look back on some of my life. Yeah. Life decisions. Yes. Avoidance is a big one or (laughs) excuse making being like, oh no, I can't do that because of this. Like if you're trying to, um, logic things out. Another one I've noticed too, is it's an acronym called Jade where it's justify, uh, argue, defend, or explain anytime those behaviors are like 
kind of thought process come in your head? Like, why do you have to justify buying chairs? Why can't you just buy the chairs and be happy from Ikea, right? Like, right. if you need them, just buy the dang chairs. But when you're doing that kind of like, well, I don't know, like, am I going to regret it? Do I need to justify it? Do I not need to justify it? That's an anxiety response usually. Right. And I am infamous for that in our family. <laughs> yes. We gave you a huge list. So if you guys need us like have more questions on those too, or we didn't explain one deep enough because I'm not going to lie. I don't remember all the ones I just listed off. <laughs> and back. my ADHD has kicked in and I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> We're winners. So that's where we definitely can explain more if you guys have deeper questions. Psychologically, it's going to usually present along the lines of, you're just very reserved, very cautious. And those emotions that are making you more reserved or cautious and you're presenting that way are usually going to be associated with an anxiety symptom. Yes. And I feel like it's usually something that's like holding you back from whatever it is. Like your brain is just saying Don't the do brakes, it. you know, like where you're pushing the brakes all the way, like to stay on a hill and yeah. you can't. Yeah. The OCD part of it too, the like Anson gets that obsessive compulsion where he's like, I'm not wearing my red shoes today. I need my red shoes. I'm not wearing my red shoes, right? Oh, yeah, we referenced that in the last one. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're talking about that repetitious cycle that do you ever have that feeling where you're like, this is incomplete? Like <sighs> my kitchen is clean. And then all of a sudden I'll look at the microwave and it's flashing the <laughs> leftover time that my husband left on it. And I'm not going to lie. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. And I'm like, you just, why can't you just put reset? Just push reset so that it all looks clean and normal in there. That compulsion, that need for me to go and reset that microwave is an anxiety thing. I need it to like look and exist in a certain way, a dialogue, a, a image in a certain way in my mind. Yeah. And when things don't fit that, then we're going to start to have that gross feeling. That's the feeling we're looking for. Okay. Ugh, I hate that feeling. It just is always so heavy. Um, yes. So how can we make it stop? In the last episode, well, we let's, mentioned breathing. One second. We're going to go to behaviors okay. first, and then we'll do the make it stop. Okay, okay. Because this is where it helps knowing what behaviors look like associated to those thought processes, right? So usually if you see avoidance or the jade thing is a really good one to remember. That's justify argue, defend, or explain. If you're noticing those behaviors or verbiage coming out in people, there's probably something triggered in them, Okay. right? It's probably like, okay, maybe you got something going on there. It's a little bit bigger. Why are you trying to convince me not to go down the slide? Like this is not that big a deal, <laughs> you know? And that's where you have to remember it, it, it needs to be within a range of reasonability. If you're trying to justify like why you bought lawn chairs because you have 50 of them, cool. That's great. Justify that to me. If you're trying to justify it because you have none and then you're really getting worked up about it. Okay. Maybe we need to like calm down. So the more passionate and the more like, uh, uh, you know, just worked up about something somebody gets, the more you're probably going to be like, there's a red flag here. Like, are you okay? There's obviously something bigger behind what you're feeling than just what you're presenting to me. Phobic okay. behavior, you know, like the phobias where, um, the why can't I remember right now? Like the you can't be in tight spaces, claustrophobic. Oh yeah, claustrophobic. Spiders, all that kind of stuff. That that's usually a presentation of it. Distress in social situations. Um, those are all actually presenting behaviors of it. Shaming when I hear people saying negative like verbiage about themselves or saying that they can't do something. They're blaming of others. Well, it's because they didn't do it or things like that. Those are all probably presenting back to there is a bigger problem than just 
being stressed. You clearly have some anxiety going here. Right. Okay, then that makes sense. Yeah. So you'll see this with little kids a lot where um, they'll throw a tantrum about going to bed or they'll be very like, no, I don't need to like go. I'm not tired. (laughs) Yeah, things like that. And it's like, okay, are are you good? Some of that's normal. Like little kids don't want to go to bed sometimes, you know. But then when it's like a repeated thing every single night, it's like, okay, is there a hard time going to sleep? Like what's, what's going on here? There's more to it than just I don't want to right resistance is what we're looking for there's a strong like push back against what you're saying or against the situation and it doesn't match the drama of the situation that's something i look at avoidance of like trying new things avoidance of engaging in a new behavior that's all making me pause with little kids okay and my teens that's like super helpful to remember though i mean even in our own lives i feel like and socially, social anxiety is another... It's a real one. Form of well, the I, I start to realize, too, like, I get really worked up about, do I text this person and invite them or not invite them? And my husband will always be like, it's not a big deal. And I'm like, okay, that is an anxiety response. Because you're right. It's not a big deal for me to just be like, hey, do you want to come over for dinner? But in my head, it's epic, right? And that's right. where just being able to check yourself a little bit of how extreme I'm reacting can help. Yeah. And recently, I mean, along those lines, I had heard somebody say, like, if it's something that is inspiring you to do good, then what's the wrong in it? Like, I don't remember exactly how they said it, but yeah. For social anxiety, we can have that massive like, oh, do I text them? I saw them yesterday. I don't know. Maybe they don't even like me. This whole thing. Or but it's just like, just do it. Like, what's it gonna hurt? So when you're reserved like that, I'd say anytime that cautious reservations, anything like that, there's probably more to it when it doesn't match the severity of the situation totally yeah so ways to get to stop sorry i diverted from that to um to behaviors no it was still it was great though are um sorry i'm looking at my notes Brittany. what do you think are some ways to make it stop that i've taught you in the past Well, the biggest one, I mean, and I made references in the last episode as well, but uh, breathing is always huge. And I think I had mentioned that the first time I went to a therapist and he told me, I just want you to breathe, just breathe for one minute. And I hated it. But since then, I have gone through natural childbirth, which what saved my butt on that unplanned natural childbirth literally was the breathing. And I have a huge testament about breathing can get you through even the hardest things that you don't think you can do. Um, what my little guy we've Anson he loves to just meditate you know like he loves it he loves it he and he loves totally getting his little like yoga pose and sometimes yes. it's been in the middle of Disneyland or on a stump loves or it. and he'll just sit there and he'll go totally zen in his cross legs with his hands up mm-hmm. and like breathe and he just takes it in but I think that we all need to like that's a little dramatic I'm not going to stop in the middle of Disneyland or Target and you know take my little zen moment but how awesome is that that he knows hey i just need a moment and i just need to breathe like yeah that's so cool to me that he he has he just knows that that helps him yep a lot of it's the mindfulness and awareness which i feel like mindfulness is a really like trendy term right now and everybody's like oh yeah mindfulness mindfulness what's really talking about is being are you aware enough to know what you're experiencing when you're experiencing and then how to be in the moment with it and how to regulate it right so right 
if you're feeling stressed, are you aware enough to know what kind of stress you're feeling, where it's at in your body, what it's affecting and where the trigger's coming from? If you can know all of that, then you can find the solution very easy to what you need to calm down. But what usually can bring us into is also just grounding, being in our spot and looking around us and saying, I am not in this futuristic thing or this past situation. I am here now, right in this moment. Anxiety is this perfect thing that's pulling us between past and future. I always think of uh, the Christmas carol with okay, this yeah. because you know he's it's showing this guy his life of this present moment is you are really struggling now and you're not seeing that but can you see when i show you your future where you're headed and what you've been through that this moment is not what you want and that's kind of what we're trying to do every day with clients is in this moment are you here are you experiencing are you now or are you out in this whole other world that you've created with this daydream or with this what if scenario or this nightmare that you have going on and the more that you can practice pulling in that's why Anson in the middle of Disneyland when he's overstimulated doing his little (laughs) zen pose is such a pure and good way to do mindfulness but we're not going to do that because we don't want to look silly (laughs) we look a little weird we look a little weird (laughs) but to seven-year-old it's like yeah that's exactly what you should do is experience it breathe in the smells that you have use your five senses your five senses along with breathing are your best things right they go hand in hand use this oral like stuff smell the things around you experience it touch it be a part of that scenery and that's going to really help your system to come back to the now and to stop those thought processes in the now. Yes. And I, isn't that called grounding too? When you Mm -hmm. use your senses around you before you had also mentioned Koa, uh, your Mm -hmm. dog, how you can say, look at how cute Koa is. So that would be something with your eyes. Have you felt his fur? Like that would be petting him. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, we, I literally, he's the perfect tool because I can engage everything with him. I'm like, he smells kind of stinky right now. Or he smells so good, he just got a bath. Or look at how pretty his colors are today. He loves his little tail. Oh my goodness, his little heart's going. Like, we'll use all parts, except for taste, because that's gross. But <laughs> <laughs> all parts of it. And usually I have water for them, or I have a snack, and I make sure they have a snack or water with them, because they yeah. need So we'll engage all of their senses and make sure that it's this perfect little moment where they can actually be here and now instead of worrying about what happened or what is going to happen. And the minute that we can do that is the minute we're pulling you out of this anxiety and we're taking your fight or flight system down and we're making you be here and now. And then we can talk logically about things. That's exactly what you're supposed to do with the panic attack too, is don't go into the every parent is trying to every one of us has done this, but I noticed all my parents are trying to solve this, the problem for them. They want to talk about it, get the solution. So when their kid is escalated, they're in the moment asking what's happened, what's going on. And honestly, oh. all you need to do is be like, calm down. Like, well, yeah. And like, tell him to calm like, down. How, is like, don't tell them that. Yeah. But like, yeah, yes, that's your goal. Yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, yo, you see that tree over there? it's moving really fast, you know, like, and like your tone has to be very checked. So all my clients will laugh at me because like you pick the most random things to talk about. I know they know what I'm doing, but it's but like, it helps. It does because yeah. we're pulling you away from what's going on and you're experiencing to experiencing a moment that is still within your reach to experience that is not within your mind. It's actually there to interact with touchable senses, all of that. That's going to really stop these things from increasing more. 
Yes. And I know like if you don't have a dog at home or we talked about with kids, uh, other things that I have noticed have helped with my own anxiety are go for a walk. There will be mm-hmm. times where I'll call my sister and I just need to get outside, yep. take a breath. My anxiety was through the roof. You know, yep. look at the flowers. Oh, did you see that tree bark? Like, oh, it smells a little weird outside or whatever. Yeah. Um, another thing is dishes. I have noticed that doing something tangible with my hands. Because you can control it too. Yes. And so I can go in the kitchen. Yes. I can go in. I can do the dishes. And I feel so much better because my space is clean. I have smelt. I have touched. I have heard. And it's just, it brings me back to my space and my reality. Pulling weeds is another great one. People love the aggression. They can get out with it, but also doing that, doing a project or a hobby that you love that actually engages you though. You can't just kind of jump to it. Uh, Funny animal videos are usually good or funny videos that you find are entertaining. Oh, 100%. You don't want to spiral into that too long because then that's just a distraction and you're not actually addressing the problem, right? You got to like circle back at some point and deal with what triggered you. But doing things like this within reason are great. Um, the smell stuff too, like diffusers, we have those everywhere in our houses and at work yep. because the smells really work. I have um, the same office, like the sm- same smell in my office. My clients always say that's Taylor's office and they smell it. They know exactly what it is. That's a grounding thing for them. So if they need it at their house or in a certain special space where they feel like they can be safe and open and loved, they actually ask me for that smell and they can take it home with them, right? So what we're trying to do is create this whole surrounding where your body is getting messages all the time saying you're safe, you're grounded, you're loved. And that's where you have to be very around, aware of your surroundings too. So if you're trying to stop some of these triggers do you have a messy environment do you have a messy home do you have clutter places do you have gross smells all of that is going to influence how you feel and what surroundings you're in yeah i mean another example with the diffusers whenever we go on a long extended trip um i will Mm -hmm. pack a diffuser with my kids favorite lavender and lime oils i know that sounds stupid but they find that so calming and it gets through their anxiety yeah Mm -hmm. like they can feel like home Mm -hmm. but all of that works um the school has a thing too that they use all the school counselors they say like look for five things around you like five colors or i forgot they have this whole thing that's very organized i'm really bad at remembering organized things though so i don't usually create rules i usually say like look for as many green things as you can in the room or count how many um you know plants you see or i just randomly pick something because i'm not good at remembering structured yeah but there is a general one i'm going to post online for you guys so if you do better with structure and you like do the countdown it's like see five things touch four things or it goes down and into one that's a grounding exercise they give all their kids yeah and even just a simple if you need to simplify it uh try to use all five of your senses and that's that's kind of how i've had to do things Uh, yeah that's not official but we have adhd with our anxiety so we don't remember things as well a lot of my clients that have anxiety love that structured i immediately go to this or i immediately go to this and they do better with that um, countdown than what we need to do. Okay. So don't, don't talk, listen to me. Cause I am not. Uh... Both are great. <laughs> I teach both because people just all think different ways. So test what works for you. Perfect. I love that. Okay. So re- just a quick recap, I guess, for ways to calm down during anxiety, we mm-hmm. talked about breathing. Mm-hmm. We talk about taking a moment of meditation, mm-hmm. um, knowing your surroundings, Five senses. Uh, using your five senses, whatever that looks like. Did I miss anything? 
those are the main ones I usually teach as a quick go-to. Now there's, honestly, this is the crazy thing is there's hundreds of tricks that you can use. There's hundreds of techniques. I go to the basics, especially since, um, you know, you got to get them individualized and you have to figure out what works best for you. So if you have more questions or want more things, if you're like, I've tried a lot of those and they just don't seem to be doing it for me, then there's other ways that we can give you resources. Yeah. So you can reach out to us on our Instagram, mm-hmm. which we'll have in our show notes, um, mm-hmm. Uhane Counseling. Yes. And we would love to try to help you with some of these symptoms that you're feeling. Yeah. But I know in our next episode, I am excited to talk about it because we're going to talk about uh, different techniques that will be specific to age zones. So yeah. if our questions weren't answered here, if you're looking for help, maybe with your kids or your teenagers, um, or even some of your older family members, that's one that we've had to address recently with some of my family members, extended family. Yeah. Then we'll kind of talk about that one in the next one as well. It looks so different in each range too, because they've been solidified or or the patterns of the anxiety has been changed so much through development of life. Like I was talking about in the first episode, our brain is continuously developing, but as a little kid, there are so many possible ways for it to develop. And then as an adult, it kind of stagnates. There's not as much like growth there is and there isn't right and that's where you can start to see these really core patterns coming out for people and then sometimes they get really funky and they all of a sudden change so it it's definitely different based off ages yeah like I would handle like if I were to give advice just from my own life experience to my grandmother who's in her 70s versus my son who's seven yeah we would use different things way so I'm excited to dive into that a little more on the next episode. <laughs> this is just a reminder in general. If you're noticing you have a lot of these symptoms, you need to seek a professional. If you're noticing like, oh, I have this, or I, I've noticed that this is affecting me significantly. If it is causing a major impact to your day-to-day life, if you're feeling like it's starting to cause some like opportunities to be closed off or just day-to-day functioning is being lowered, you need to go to a professional therapist and actually get help for this. Yes. And there's no shame in getting some assistance from some medication. There's been times where you just need that, like that boost to get you through is like a crutch to learn these coping skills. And But make sure you're always working on developing your brain too. I'm a big advocate for love medicine, but I also love that they, if they're paired together. Exactly. You can't just have one. You got to yeah, have, yeah. Again, we are looking for a total system and we're looking for a holistic approach, which is why we taught you, you know, the behavior, we taught you the cognitive, and then we also taught you the physical. If you're only doing one part of your treatment, you're only going to get so well. Like it's only going to go so far for your, your better. Which better. is not the game plan. No, we want a whole person. <sighs> Together we make a whole person, sister. I know, it's a perfect person. <laughs> <laughs> joining in with us today uh you can catch us on our instagram uhane counseling we'll have it in the show notes and you can find us on spotify and apple nice perfect we'll catch you next week bye